Coming up on Verse Course Verse, if you're going to talk ska punk, there are few bands more beloved than Less Than Jake. I guess we better chat about them, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Frustrations down the drain out of the way. So I sit and wait and wonder, does anyone else feel like me? Someone so tired of their routines and Welcome to Verse Chorus First, episode 127, I think. Who knows? I may have to change this. Rachel, sweaty shirt, Pezcore, polio, how you doing today? I'm so anxious. You are. put on more deodorant. Why are you so anxious? Because <laughs> I'm going to meet one of my heroes. We are going to talk about Less Than Jake and to a member of Less Than Jake. Rachel is so excited. I'm so excited. Her hair is high. She's got a less than Jake shirt on. I'm ready. That covers part of what we have to talk about right there. They're from Gainesville. They are from Gainesville. How are you doing today besides nervous? That is it. That is my whole day. Just That is nervous. all I've been feeling all day. <laughs> this is your first interview. I know. We've had the pleasure of getting to, because of some you know calendar shifts, it's been spread out really long. Yeah. So you've gotten to be nervous for like, what, two months? Month? Yeah. I mean, I think I was just nervous the week before because I got nervous the instant you told me it was happening in like December. But then when you're like, hey, it's happening, I got nervous probably the week of the interview and then it got moved anxious again this week, but really yesterday and today. You're going to do fine. It's going to be fine. Just pretend like you like them (laughs) and talk about that. I'll see what I can do. And it'll go well. We are here on a Thursday day. Let's get this out of the way first. It might be uh, not so entertaining, but we don't care because we have to stay on our ones and our twos. Probably also have to function for the rest of the day after this. So Mm -hmm. it might be the most important part of the day. It might not be that entertaining. Rachel, what are you drinking? Water. Here's the thing. I mean, I have a kid. And the kid has a haircut in a couple hours. And I really wanted to grab a Four loco and be like, Florida. But I thought... And drink it I talked and to- then give your kid a haircut. Yeah. I talked to Vince and he's like, don't do that. <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't do that. With the nerves mm-hmm. that you are feeling, do you even think that the alcohol would affect you? Probably not. No, it probably just, just like burn it off. Blow right through your... <laughs> yeah. So same here. I'm just drinking coffee. It's freaking noon, man. It's noon on a Thursday. All yeah. right, we have to function. Sorry, guys. And we got to have our wits about us yeah. for this one. So who are we interviewing today, Rachel? We're interviewing JR, Less Than Jake. JR, yeah. sax player extraordinaire by Less Than Jake. One of the first things I'm going to ask him is if he prefers to go by Peter or JR. His real Ooh. first name's Peter. Right. I'm guessing that they changed him to JR because there's two Pete's in the band. There were at the time, so they called him Pete Jr. Oh, good job, stats. Thanks. Okay. 1992, ska punk band out of Gainesville, Florida. They hit at basically the perfect time. Pre-swing, right. no effects had finally kind of taken off after being around since the freaking mm-hmm. what, 80s? They'd been around forever. Yeah. Less Than Jake has always been, to me, that mixture of it's part rancid, but it's that kind of punk that doesn't take themselves seriously. Mm-hmm. The fun punk, yeah. which I think helped jumpstart a lot of other, you know, like Blink-182s and Bowling for Soup yeah. and those sort of bands. Uh, When did you start getting into this band that you love so much? I got into them. uh, My brother, I don't know if he gave me the album or I bought the album or I stole the album, but it was Hello Rockview. So 98 Mm. is right when I got into them and then moved on from there, went to Warp Tour in 99, saw them there. That seems about right. And then did you go backward or forward? Pezcore 95, Losing Streak 96. Yeah. Hello, Rockview 98. Yeah, I did go back to Losing Streak, but then moved forward. Honestly, not any Pezcore until studying for this. Which is a really good album. Yeah, very underrated. You mentioned Warp Tour. Yeah. And you said well, that was 99. That was 99. This is one of those bands that was just made for other way around. Maybe Warp Tour was made yeah. for bands like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the year Blink was headlining. Then I saw Eminem, who ruled. But also they had Bouncing Souls, Vandals, Dropkick Murphys. So it was very much this Man. this vibe that year. And it was 
fucking fabulous. It's so good. Yeah. So we are talking to JR of Less Than Jake. Mm -hmm. He's going to be on in about 15 minutes. So we're just going to chat a little bit first. Mm -hmm. And then when he comes on, we're going to grill him. We're going to ask him a bunch <laughs> of questions. So JR, it's a, it's going to be an interesting story. I'm really excited for this interview because Less Than Jake, everybody knows who they are. They've been around now for 31 years. What about 30 years? Yeah. He wasn't an original member. He came in at about 2000, at 2000? Yep. 2002. He's been part of Less Than Jake for 20 years, mm -hmm. but he also wasn't one of the founding members. And I'm interested to hear that side of something like this. When you come into a band that is already so well established and they have such a strong fan base, if it takes a while to get comfortable, when they're still coming out with albums, which they they have, they've pumped out albums. Like, do you become part of the writing process or is there ever kind of stay out of the way sort of stuff? That stuff interests me a lot. Yeah. And it was 2000. I don't know if you want to not say 2002 in front of him. I was just double checking the math, but it was in 2000 was when he joined. His first album was 2002, but he joined in 2000. Oh, so he graduated from Berkeley. Yeah, he went to Berkeley School of Music. And then went directly there in 2000. And then he ran, an, um, he ran a management company mm -hmm. from 2002 to 2009. Yeah, solo stuff we're going to ask him about. This, this was a fun guy to research. Yeah. He's done a lot. Really has. These guys are real busy, though. They do not sit still. I, I wish there was a way to find how many shows total a band has done. I can only imagine. Right? Yeah. Is your brother a really big Less Than Jake fan? He is, yeah. He's pretty Did jealous. you tell him about this? I did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's been pumping me up. <laughs> pumping you up? You can do this. You're smart. <laughs> I want to ask him about uh, Silver Linings, their most recent album. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to that? Yep. Yeah. Did you like it? Yes, is the short answer. It's div It's so different because the primary writer, the lyricist for their entire discography, and then to have other people take over, it's very different writing compared to... Yes. The other and I like it's not as silly. No. And so I think that's kind of something I wanted to talk to him about. And it's is not this bad. Is, it's different. Yeah. It's just not what it's, I'm used to. You know to. what it is? It's a fucking COVID album, is what it is. Well, there is that. It, it was recorded before COVID though, right? And then it just got the Yeah, I think it, it got released. I think they recorded it in 2019. Yeah. But then it didn't release until last year. 2020. End of 2020. But no, you're right. It is oh, uh, recorded November, uh, December I, 2019. Yeah. A very different feel than they'd had yeah. before. I do like it. I don't own it on vinyl because it's sold out. So I'm going to give a nice little uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to him about that too. <laughs> before he's on, mm -hmm. let's go through the tough questions uh, that we might not want to tell him about. Rachel, what's your favorite Lesson Jake album? Hello, Rockview. Your first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, And it goes, it's back to that theory of like, that's where I fell in love. And so it's my favorite. It's not, and I, I don't ever say this as that's, I think it's the best. It's the one that I love the most. So the warp tour that you saw them, was that the only time you've seen them live? That is the only time I've seen them live. What was the show like? Awesome. <laughs> like that whole warp tour was my first witnessing of anything punk rock in person. And so, mm -hmm. so many bands, punk rock bands, ska bands put out live stuff. And especially these days, it's very easy to find YouTube videos and live stuff. So you can kind of get the feel for what they're like. Yeah. I had no concept of what it was going to be like. And the amount of energy that they have and they pull from the audience and give back, it's hard to describe. Like it is, it, it's amazing, 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 amazing. What I like about Less Than Jake is it's an extremely positive energy. Yeah. It's not the violent, grungy diving in uh, mosh pits and right. stuff, but you have like tons of fans just jumping up on stage and dancing. Mm -hmm. And it's all, they're always like throwing random shit into the audience and not yeah. like, not anything bad. We're talking like drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, hey, wait a minute. What's your favorite uh, album? Probably this one, See the Light behind oh me. okay it is a very good mixture of it's still that very very positive less than jake vibe mm -hmm. but they also it feels like they started as far as production they started working more into the like whole wall of sound yeah like, the guitars are bigger the songs are a little more structured the brass lines are 
great. Like I really, really like that album. Mm -hmm. I really love, I have Anthem behind me too that I really love, but I do like their old stuff. I like Mm -hmm. like Losing Streak, Hello Rock View. If you're talking about one less than Jake album, it's Rock View. I feel like that was when they really hit. Yeah. That time was made for bands like this. For sure. Did you get to listen to Bees for B-Sides at all? Mm -mm. That one's just like, it's really good. It's really, really punk. I like punk. There's a song that's like 47 seconds and it's just so punk rock that <laughs> it's great. I think you should listen to that one. What you Do said it. it's what? B? B is for B-sides. A little less ska maybe and then still really dirty. When are you going to be in Europe? Aren't you going there for your honeymoon or something? <sighs> yeah, Trevor's planning it though, so probably not. Oh. <laughs> you won't let me plan it. When is that going to be though? Right after the wedding. So right before 4th of July, June 24th is the wedding. Oh. So then probably the week after. I was just going to say, they're playing the 15th through the 18th in France. Of July? Of June. Oh, of June. Mm-hmm. And they're playing in Belgium on the 17th yeah. and Switzerland on the 10th. You know who's going to be in London, though, around that time at a festival? In your area? Yeah. That's actually, I like that shirt. Do they have, is that on their website? This one? Uh, I think uh-huh. so. You better hope it's n- not not licensed. He gets on. He's like, oh, who the fuck made that shirt? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Hope Trevor didn't get that on Etsy. <laughs> oh, nine studio albums, sax and backing vocals. I watched a fairly good amount of live stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say JR's got the best voice in Less Than Jake, but... Uh, <laughs> I think he kind of has the best voice in Less Than Jake. Just saying. No offense to Chris or or anything like that, but that dude's, we've talked about it in other interviews. Mm -hmm. Backup vocals are hard. Yeah. Because you have to do that whole harmonizing thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does it very well. He does, and it doesn't seem like his voice has lived a life, if that makes any sense. Like Roger and Chris sound like rock stars. I think Roger and Chris have to do the screamy. Yeah. Where JR's gets to do the falsetto-y sort of stuff. <laughs> that stuff, yeah. They're a fun band to to look at, do their thing. For as long as they've been in the industry, for as much energy they bring to their shows. and Yeah. It's, it's really fucking cool. We're about to be joined by JR. I'm bringing him in, Rachel. Stay cool. Leave that last part. <laughs> Just keep it frosty, Rachel. <laughs> How you doing, JR? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. This means a lot to us. Yeah, of course. It's been a super crazy couple of weeks, so. But I am at your disposal for as long as time allows. <laughs> Perfect. We appreciate it. I'm David. This is Rachel. We are very, very excited to get to talk to you. Do you go? You like to go by JR? I go okay. by whatever anybody really wants to call me. <laughs> <laughs> And it's absolutely fine. I respond to that the same way I would respond to my birth name. So your birth name. I didn't realize actually Rachel just taught me where you got the name JR from. I didn't even realize where it came from. So yeah, it's a, it's a a mythological lore of less than Jake now of where, (laughs) why do they call this guy JR? It has nothing to do with his name. We think we know now and we feel much smarter for it. Well, I'd like to probably know your, your version of what you heard and then I can confirm or deny it. Absolutely. That you are the the junior of the Pete's of That was basically the that was the amount of thought that went into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have two Pete's. We can't have two Pete's, so you're the junior of the Pete's, so we'll just call you yes, JR. You got sense. it right, Rachel. Cool. Yay. Yeah, well, we know some things. Funny <laughs> it's funny that the original Pete, as I like to call him, he <laughs> was only in the band after I joined, like maybe another year, and then he quit. And then the JR thing just stuck. Just stuck. <laughs> You're still stuck with JR. Like, well, there's, I have friends of mine to this day, and they don't know what my real name is. You know, they, <laughs> my name's fucking JR. You know, it's that's going funny. Wikipedia. It's right there. Yeah, no, that's fine. You know, if you're friends with somebody, I don't know if you're Google searching, Googling your friends. You know, I don't. Maybe that's fair. Good point. So we are talking to JR. 
sax player of of okay i'm always recording we can oh, start right. however you want yeah. it doesn't oh, this matter is great that's how i want to start whatever <laughs> me fumbling to try to figure out how to work the audio and, and figuring it out and going, i'm a good uh, editor nobody will ever know yeah, i really feel like a boomer in that situation right there. <laughs> okay good. you're in your nice comfy chair with the lamp lighting it's i it. am you know i tried to like make the, I, when i sat here it was much brighter it's a, a smart bulb because i'm stupid so i have a lot of smart <laughs> around me and i told the the voice device i think that the talking devices are awesome like the google pucks and the alexas alexa whatever they call those things yeah you know? i don't care that they're listening in on me all the time because i don't really have anything to hide so yeah. <laughs> that's fair if they're coming after me i'm pretty good with it and cool. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's cool that I can just talk to the space and tell it to turn on lights and stuff that now has become so. Now I'm like, oh, I've got to turn that light on. I have to. Oh, God, that's so much work. <laughs> so much work. Why let technology not work for you, right? That's what we're doing with music and podcasts now. We can do it with our house, too. That's right. Mart everything. <laughs> you joined Less Than Jake what, 22 years ago in 2000, right? Yeah, you put numbers to it. That's, that's many years ago. It feels like a lot longer, to be honest with you. But yeah, it's been 22 years. What were you doing before that? You were in the music industry. No, I wasn't. Oh. I was actually, I was on my way out. I was in a band prior to Less Than Jake called Spring Hill Jack. And we were based in Connecticut. And the band still exists. They tour and they're awesome i mean we put out some pretty fun records back in the 90s i gotta say i i went and listened to them getting ready for this interview the brass in those albums in static worldview and songs for suburbia those are the two that you did right yes yes the brass is fucking incredible in those albums thank you you guys you guys had great brass in that yeah i'll take a third of the credit for that that were uh, Chris Rhodes, who was up until recently, he was the trombone player for the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah. Our trumpet player, his name was Tyler Jones, and he was in Real Big Fish. Once Spring Hill Jack broke up, the first entity of Spring Hill Jack broke up. We all scattered the horn players. I went to Less Than Jake, Rhodes went to the Boston's, and Tyler went to Real Big Fish. Unfortunately, lost Tyler in 2020, and I miss him fucking terribly every day but yeah that particular time period we could do another podcast just on that time period of my life but those (laughs) two dudes and myself we're pretty good horn section i can say so like 20 plus years later listening back to that stuff going because i know that we recorded all of that section stuff in one day one yeah so that was uh before pro tools you know so you said that you were kind of on your way out we were playing our last show as a group and i was student teaching at the time i was finishing up my degree at berkeley college of music i have a education music education degree bachelor's that i don't talk about too much but i have it that's not too bad of a school to have it from either yeah, it's, yeah. i mean whatever <laughs> you know i got i got a i got the gucci instead of the levi's jeans you know what i mean <laughs> my music education degree and so i was finishing that up the student teaching and I really enjoyed teaching, you know, and I was teaching at this uh, school in Newton, Massachusetts, and the teacher there at the time, he really liked me. And like, he said, you know, you should stick around. I'll make a job for you. I don't have a job for you, but I'll make one for you. You're, you're good. You get along with the kids really good. And, you know, to be honest with you, I was getting the same fulfillment in my life, teaching kids about music as I was performing, you know, or at least equivalent to me at the time. And so that's what it's always about. My life has always been about like making other people's lives better as well as myself. You know what I mean? So Vinny, our former drummer reached out to me from a mutual friend and said, Hey, would you, you know, he called and he's like, would you be interested in trying out for less than Jake? And at the time I was not, I wasn't. So this was, sorry, what, this was like 99 ish. 2000 they were pretty well established at this point yeah i mean they had just finished recording borders and boundaries okay in a a musical time frame and darren their sax player decided that was it for him and they were looking for sax players and so a mutual friend had mentioned me from them and you know had mentioned me and they called me and you know i wasn't really interested i wasn't really a fan at the time you know what i mean like (laughs) and that wasn't that's no it's not speaking ill of where i'm at like i just you know, I think everybody thinks that people listen to like, you know, you're in a ska band, you must listen to ska music all the time. And I yeah, was, right. I really like 
wasn't really a huge punk rock fan. I wasn't really, you know, there's things that I liked. I was 23 years old. I certainly was just probably thinking I was cooler than I actually was. And I was listening to other stuff. You know, I just wasn't listening to that. And so I wasn't really familiar with it. I knew a couple of songs like I knew um, Automatic. Like the right? rock feet. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. losing streak and i knew i wasn't even really familiar with hello rock view which ended up becoming like my favorite record when i was listening to it and I, so i was yeah. like i was kind of quick and maybe i was i don't know with Vinny, i was just like yeah maybe i'm like i don't really have any of your guys stuff so he sent me some cds and they went to tour in europe and this was before the cell phones were like readily available in in europe so they were kind of like untouchable like i couldn't get in touch with them and then they were coming back and i was scheduled to go down for tryouts you know and so I remember putting one of the CDs in and I was like sitting there and I'm going, am I really doing this? Like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> what am I, you know, I'm going to put this time in it, all this time and effort into it. And I might not even get the gig. I don't really even like the band. Like, you know, so <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's the thought that's going through my brain at the time. Yeah. You know? It was my brother who called me and I was living in Boston and he was living in somewhere else in Massachusetts, or maybe he was still at home. I can't remember. And I was like, yeah, I got this weird call today with, you know, I got these CDs that came in the mail. He's like, for what? He's like, well, I go, I had a tryout for this band. He's like, what band? I'm like, less than Jake. He goes, holy shit. What are you kidding? (laughs) I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to do it or whatever. We had your mind. You know, you you (laughs) fucking crazy. He goes, those guys like whatever Capitol records, this, the big song. And I was like, didn't care. Like, it didn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just how I'm kind of wired, you know, or at least I was wired at the time. So he kind of talked me into it and I, I gave it the old college try, as they say. And like, I, I'll never forget it. I lived in Boston and I worked at a restaurant and I cooked on the line till 4 a.m. I went home, I took a shower and I went to Logan Airport. I got on a plane and I flew into Gainesville with no sleep, landed about noon. Chris and Vinny picked me up at the airport. We drove right to Buddy's house and started playing they were just like all right show us your wares and i played i played last one out of liberty city in buddy's living room with buddy for old pete chris and Vinny. played through it once chris and Vinny go cool see you guys later not hey that was good hey that was bad they just <laughs> and i was like with these two dudes that i've never met before i was there for several hours on no sleep probably still smelling like a fucking kitchen <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and uh, i finally i remember i got back to the hotel that afternoon or something and i just slept till the next morning i didn't listen to any new songs or <laughs> try to even fucking think about what was happening i was just so tired and like just drained you know so they, they didn't say anything to you that first day no word and like man. Kind of, i remember before i went down i called Vinny and i said geez man i don't know if i'm gonna do what you guys want and he goes well you're either gonna be here for three days or two weeks so <laughs> i packed for two weeks i knew Good. i was I kind of knew I was going to be there. So here I am. How long until they were like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely you. Uh, I mean, they took me out. Like there was only one other person that tried out and I hear he didn't do that hot pretty quick. And I think it was just, I had a, you know, I came from a good place. I had already had experience touring, you know, like Mm -hmm. pretty easy going. At least I thought I was, maybe it's different now, but. So do you think you would have just stuck with education if you wouldn't have gotten into this? Yeah, probably. I don't think back about what would have been if I chose a different route or road. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of live in the present and I'm happy that I live in this present because it is a gift. Yeah. It is a gift the way that my life turned out. Joining Less Than Jake when you did, this is a pretty big time with them. Warp tours are a huge thing and they're kind of in the perfect time frame for that style of band. How long did it take you to get comfortable, to feel like I am part of this band now? I, you know, probably first, the first tour when we were on, I didn't really know those guys, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I got lucky because they really ended up being like great people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a lot more important, a sort of bigger picture sort of way than if they were just like a really, you know, great bunch of musicians and people making this mind altering next level fucking progressive whatever music <laughs> I thought I wanted to make at the time you know mm-hmm. I just got really lucky you know and like like I said I I am kind of just easing myself into a lot of situations and I'm pretty laid back and pretty easy going about stuff so I just got lucky that it, it worked out and so I'd say probably like the first tour that we did was nine weeks uh, to this day that's the longest tour I've, I've ever done really well, we've ever done it was it was forever oh my god it was forever 
yeah, after nine weeks of being with those dudes, I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be fine. I can live with you guys, you know? And like, they had all been together for so long at that point that like, I knew what everybody's shortcomings were. Cause it was like a joke and mm-hmm. it's how they approached it. Like, oh, this guy's going to sleep all day. And this guy <laughs> picks up after himself, you know, just like, after you're with them for a couple of weeks, you're like, oh yeah. Okay. That, yeah. You know, like I've also always like kind of studied people. You know, I know that science sounds kind of like serial killer, but I mean, <laughs> I my brain did not go there actually. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I, I like study people and their tendencies and like what they do and how they react and how they respond and body, body actions. And can you tell which one of us is a sociopath yet? No. Okay. That's, you guys Just are both pretty, You seem pretty. <laughs> not a lot of going on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least in like a, a musical situation, in a musical setting, like you kind of want to know what roles are, if there are established roles. And so that was it is like, I was basically joining a family. I was like a adopted kid and you just trying to figure out how, you know, everybody already had established relationships and knew each other for a long time. And here I am like the new guy and you're just trying to yeah. figure out how you fit in. And so the easiest way I've always learned, cause I've always been the new guy in my band from like day one, the first band I was ever in, I was always just the new guy, you know, and mm-hmm. I learned just to kind of sit back and shut up, speak when spoken to kind of thing. That's hard for a lot of people. They want yeah. everybody else to be heard. Like I could give a fuck. That's <laughs> you want to hear if you, if you really care what I want or what I think you'll ask me. And if you don't not worth your time or mine for that matter, I to like verbalize it. It, you know, because mm-hmm. if you don't really care, don't waste anybody's time. You know, that vibe seems to fit extremely well with the vibe of the band. I'm yeah. using the word vibe too much, but there's such <laughs> a we were before you got on, Rachel and I were talking about just how much of a positive energy there is with less than Jake and how Rachel talk a little bit about the warp tour, because I think that's a really, really great story that lets people know the vibe that less than Jake has. Right. This was before your time. So this was 99. So just right before you guys, you joined. That was when Blink-182 was the headliner. And so you had Vandals, Bouncing Souls, Dropkick Murphys were there as well. And this was my first, my brother had given me Hello Rockview to listen to. And I fell in love and I was so excited to see you guys play. And I remember loving it and loving the amount of energy that you guys had and that you pulled from the crowd and gave back to the crowd and it was awesome and then a couple hours later i went to less than jake and i got blink or sorry less than jake, <laughs> blink. Yeah, it's like my brain thing, uh, it's not no it wasn't because i went to blink 182 that evening and it was not a nice crowd i am not a, a big girl and i just got the shit kicked out of me pretty quickly being in that crowd And so I had to bounce and go sit on a grassy knoll, but I felt very safe in your crowd with your fans. And it was just awesome. That's all. Well, that's cool. That's nice to hear, you know, because it is something that we, we, we walk a fine line with that sort of stuff, you know, because Mm -hmm. we want our fans to feel safe and we want our fans to all have fun, but we also want to make sure that everybody is allowed to have fun in the way that they want to have fun. So sometimes people kind of act out a little bit more and they're a little more physical. And so we try to make sure that those people have their moments. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's equally as important that people who just want to dance and smile and have a good time and like, or just kind of stand off to the side, but still be involved. Those people Mm -hmm. should have their moments too. Like whatever makes you happy, you know, should be important. And like, I think that we have, we're lucky that we have a very respectful crowd, a crowd yeah. that's respectful of one another, you know, like mm-hmm. that's cool to me, you know, because I don't, we don't like demand that kind of stuff mm-hmm. at all. Like we're not like you be nice and you be kind. And we're always just like, Hey, we should all have the best fucking time, you know, right. and like you should try to give the person that's next to you as much of a good time as you're having. And, you know, if we occasional brawls break out here and there, but it's never, you know, we always stop it and just go, what are you guys yeah. doing? You two kiss right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, make out, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, but that's the thing. it's like, everybody takes their, everybody takes things so seriously. And like, it's, yeah, it's not supposed to be serious. Life isn't serious all the time. And like, if it is like, boy, what a, what a horrible life. 
yeah for that hour and 15 minutes or hour and a half or whatever when we're on stage everybody should be allowed to enjoy that the way that they want to enjoy it you know mm-hmm. and like I, I don't care who you are how you feel i want you if you're going to come to a less than jake show i we as an, an entity as a group of guys wants you as a person to feel that you're able to express yourself be yourself and have a good time and not be judged or not be felt like you're weird or because we're all fucking weird you know what i mean right. it's, yeah. it's just uh, it's what you think is weird is not what i think is weird and i think it's all beautiful so that's you know i think that that's a, a thing that we've tried to get across to our fans that that's who we are you know like in in real life and um hopefully it it comes back you know there's always some people who get mad or push back or say that we're something or one thing or another and like everybody's allowed they're entitled to their opinion you know and Mm -hmm. you can't make everybody happy all the time but we certainly try to give everybody who feels like they need to be heard we listen does that that positive energy that you guys exude when you're live or on your albums and that sort of thing does that just come naturally because of the type of people you are or is it something that you've had conversations about we want to have this energy in our songs and writing lyrics i want it to be kind of more this style than this style yeah there's always a direction we always have a a thought of what we want the the big picture of what we want to say and i think that that's important you know because as a group or as a band or as an artist in general whatever term you want to use there's only a certain amount of things that you can actually control and one of those things you can control is your message you know and what you want to say and what you think needs to be spoken about and a lot of times what sometimes what needs to not be spoken about i think that might be even more of a you know an important conversation sometimes you know for some bands especially as we get older there's nothing worse than getting older and being considered out of touch you know so just one (laughs) kind of yeah. stick, to what guys, <laughs> stick you, you stick to you know people you know they always say you know stay in your own lane and mm-hmm. yeah i am perfectly fine staying in the less than jake lane you know like <laughs> we're always gonna try to push the envelope musically as we do to be the best version of our band that we can be and i feel like that's so cliche to say it but that really is our goal every time we create new music um but yeah you know you, you want to make sure that you pay attention to the message and what you're getting across and, you know, making sure that we say what we want to say and it comes across that it's authentic more than, I mean, I feel like it has to come across as authentic for you to have been this popular for this long. People keep coming to your shows for decades. Now, Mm -hmm. if you weren't authentic, I don't think that you guys would have been around this long. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's not like we sit around and go, how are we going to be considered authentic? <laughs> it's not you know it's not like a that's like a topic of conversation that happens it's just one of those things that like you know i feel like if we started talking about like big booties and fucking <laughs> drugs drug dealings and you know like i just think it would come out uh, it just wouldn't come off as who we really are it would just be like we were trying to like do be something that we're not you know but i think that happens sometimes not so much in older acts, but maybe like younger acts that are coming up and trying to figure it all out. You know, it's just, we are who we are. We're kind of a, just, I don't really, we don't think about it. We're not like, geez, you know, I really think Chris should start talking more about, you know, his mom's <laughs> collection on stage. <laughs> we're not talking enough about that, you know? Like, well, your newest, your, your most recent album, Silver Linings, it's a little more serious than normal, not, not in like a deep thoughts sort of way. Rachel and I were talking and I kind of thought it was a COVID album because there was so much introspection in yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, but it was written before COVID. Exactly. That's what she said. So it's a little more... Um, Silver Linings is our requiem. And I don't mean it's like go. a thing where it's like, this is the final thing we're ever going to say, but it's also like the first record that we created where it was not one person's voice in the lyrics, you know, for a long time. Vinny was the, he was the boy, the the words, he was the wordsmith, you know, and he, for the longest time, like he was the guy who penned, I would say upwards of 90% of the lyrics up to a Mm -hmm. certain point in our career. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And things started kind of switching where more people were involved with lyric writing, but this was kind of like the end and the beginning 
silver linings. It was kind of the, hmm. the end of how it was in the beginning of what it is and what it will be. So you're getting, instead of one person's perspective, you're getting three different people's perspectives that you've really, you've heard our voice in lyrics, but not fully, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just a different, it's this, the songwriting is still pretty much the same. Like the key music writers are are still there. It was just, you know, Vinny did a good portion of the lyrics and he came up with a lot of the themes and stuff that became so important to like what, who we are. And so the idea of being in a place where you don't feel like you fit in and needing like feeling like you need to get out a lot Mm -hmm. of the getting aways and for this this was a lot of like us coming back and reeling it back in to now we're we are back to where we wanted to leave but we're older and these things are kind of important to us now you know the things that were important to us when you're in in your 20s aren't specifically the same things that are important to you when you're in your 40s you know you can only write what you know and you can't really it's it seems inauthentic to write about things that are no longer familiar to you because they've been become your past you know so Mm -hmm. you have to find some sort of balance in that especially with the change in how we were started creating music for this new record so we're really pleased with it you know i'm I'm really proud of it and i think it's a great album yeah i think we did better than any of us (laughs) thought we were going to do too, you know, and that was the thing, but it's also, it's like trusting in each other and trusting in the fact that, you know, we can do this. And like I said, it was a big change, you know, cause Vinny is still, and was such a huge part of who our band is, you know what I mean? The identity of who, who less than Jake is, it's been different without him and we certainly miss him, but you know, things have to evolve, you know, yeah. people, mm-hmm have to evolve and they have to do what's right for them and their family. And so, you know, we certainly miss him and we miss his input, but we are very happy now with our new drummer, with Matt Yonker. He has been around forever and ever, and he is fucking fantastic. And he did such a good job on this record. Like, yeah, just, you know, it musically we've took a step forward on this record. So I was stoked about that. And um, it's cool to be able to continue to make records that people like, 30 years into your career. Yeah. So that was fun. Where people you, go, oh, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> 30 years. Almost, almost got it. Did you help? So, did you help write lyrics on Silver Linings? Yeah. I wrote a couple of the songs. Dear Me is one of the songs that I wrote. Okay. Majority of the lyrics there. And, um, oh, geez, Move. That was another one I wrote pretty much everything of. So, you know, and like, it just I, it, like lyrically speaking, and there's always people that help like Chris helped and Roger helped and everybody has their hands in it and mm-hmm. we share it together. Those are the best songs, the ones that everybody kind of takes a little piece of and fixes. When you come into an already established band and you become a part of it, particularly somebody that's been a part of it for so long uh, and you've come out with multiple albums what is the writing process there are you before silver linings were you a pretty big part of the writing process or do you stick to writing your parts or i just eased my way in i wormed my way in as much as they would let (laughs) it's kind of like when you're one of our old sound guys used to have a, a great thought where he said i don't do too much because if i do a lot at a new job people come to expect a lot if you just kind of ease your way in mm-hmm. then people are constantly impressed <laughs> smart right that's yeah good. yeah they're constantly impressed like, I'll write that down you do this <laughs> you know you can do this oh my goodness you know like when we did in with the outcry with howard benson i was singing a lot of backups on that record and howard had me up in the booth and it's <laughs> the recording studio was weird. It was like you, the, the, rec- where you sang your vocals is like a closet, literally a closet. Mm-hmm. And he's on the, he's on your ear. You hear him on the earphones and he's in some other room somewhere in the building. Can you sing this? And he'd like play these two notes on the piano and I sing it as well as I could. He'd be like, how about this? And then, you know, just like, I was like, what is this? Like a fucking game or something. <laughs> He's like, no, I just think it's amazing that you can sing all of these parts. He goes, you're just kind of all over the place. And you know, what well, you could you say high, you could sing low or whatever. You just I just want to see what your range is. I'm like, yeah, good question. I don't know. You figure it out. 
<laughs> we found out what it was. It was an F over middle C. So that was or F sharp over middle C. I was like, I can't say <laughs> One of the things that we've talked about a few times on this podcast is how much, I guess I'll say more difficult it is to sing backup vocals than just being a lead vocals. Yeah. You are an incredibly good backup vocalist. We, I've watched a lot of live stuff preparing for this, listening to the albums. I mean, you you hit it wherever you need to hit it, even towards the end of a show when everybody's sweaty and tired and shit, and you're on point. It's really impressive. Thanks, man. Cheryl Crow was a backup vocalist for Michael Jackson. There you go. You know what I mean? You can... <laughs> Love her. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you, I don't, I'm not calling Chris or Roger Michael Jackson. I sure as shit ain't. <laughs> but it's something I kind of pride myself to do, you know, and I want to make sure that when we record and we do things that I'm singing same inflections, I try to look to see how they enunciate words. Like, it's important, that kind of stuff. And I try yeah. to be consistent, you know, and sometimes I really think I'm not that good, but I just keep working at it. It's like any other thing. You got to just keep working at it. So I appreciate the kind words, but it's, it's, it's work. That's for sure. So you've done a couple of solo things. Oh, where, those don't count. Where does the name, the stay at home Joneses come from? I don't know. I was probably drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the traveling Wilburys. It was the antithesis of the of the oh. traveling Wilburys was the stay at home Joneses. That was mm. what I thought. I had to think about that first. I'm like, I don't fucking remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was during that time. I was listening. I had found the traveling Wilburys volume three. I think is what it is. There was only the one or two records that they did. Yeah, uh, man, that's such good stuff, you know. And I was listening to it a lot, and I had this vision of like doing this song version of this song with a bunch of friends, and you, how the thing was going to be and you know i just did the one song for a drive-through records comp it was like a tribute to bob it's, dylan times are changing and it's fucking awesome it's a, yeah, yeah i mean it's a I think great probably cover sold 22 copies <laughs> the, oh. the people who ran drive-through records were such big bob dylan fans and i was too and i was like well the only reason i'm going to do this i'm going to do this song and they wanted like something corporate or one of the, like Andrew McMahon wanted to do it or something like that. And I already grabbed it and I was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> and like, I, I was really happy with how that version came out. And Roger just happened to be in town that day when I recorded it. I don't know. Like we were, we did it all. This was before you could do like remote recordings, you know, yeah. we just all right. in the studio. so it was a fun, it was a fun project, you know, for, but yeah, that's where the name came from. Uh, COVID. The COVID era, because you guys are, uh, like you said, you do. Yeah, it yeah. sucks, right? Had it, hated it. Yeah. yeah, I know very few people that are fans of COVID. Um, <laughs> Nine-week tour is the most you ever did, but you guys are also very well known for your live appearances. What did you do during COVID? Watch The Office like <laughs> <laughs> Um, When it first all happened, I think we were all under the guise that it was going to end fast. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks and we'll be back to, well, we just got, everybody's got to stay inside for like three weeks. Everybody's got to stay inside for like three months. Okay. Everybody's got to stay inside for like the, the rest of this year. <laughs> and, you know, it's nerve wracking. You didn't know what was going on. Like every the information sources became befuddled with stupidity. And like, you're just trying to like keep your, the people you love alive. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm going to myself, how are we going to pay bills? Like, how are we going right. to stay low? You know, we're not going to get huge PP. Like, I didn't get a, a million dollar PPP loan. I think they sent us like five grand. You yeah, know? you're in an industry. Yeah. yeah. Like, and we were exactly. the last, we're the, we're the first ones that everybody wants when they're sad. And the last ones anybody thinks about when things go to shit, you know? And so that's well said. We figured out ways to generate income not being on tour you know like different new ways to create new merchandise and like we tried experiments of things and you know we figured out a, a good little way to keep money coming in we did some like online shows you know it don't you know with the money that we made we took it and reinvested it so it kind of kept things afloat but um yeah, I mean, we had Zoom calls every week just to like talk about things that were not really going to happen because, you know, there were all these tours that were supposed to happen and they all just got canceled and rebooked and canceled and then rebooked again and then right. just canceled. 
and you're it was a weird time because you're like when we felt it was time to maybe go back out on tour like we went out the end of 2021 with newfound glory as a support but that was because them and simple plan were supposed to go on a co-headliner tour and and simple plan pulled out two weeks before the tour and you know chad called me and you know they all called our people and were like we really need you guys to come out and like we weren't planning on touring but we did and people subsequently you know people got covid and was right during the, the height of the delta variant mm-hmm. right you know mask mandates were who fucking cares you know what i mean and it was state <laughs> yeah. to state and like people were exhausted from the masks at the time you know what i mean and like dude i i get it i was too you know it had been a, a, over a year at that point you know and we just we were constantly questioning is this the right thing to do are we doing the right thing but eventually you have to just go well what's right for me you know and like yeah. i guess mm-hmm. where that whole personal freedoms thing comes into play you know and it was hard because we had to have like a real talk amongst all of us and not everybody wanted to go on tour yeah you know? mm-hmm. just be perfectly blunt you know and but we had to have the conversation of like well if this doesn't happen then we're not going to go until next year and we have to make that that's what's going to happen and like you know we went on the tour and it was the right thing to do for us and for the thing. And there was a, a bunch of, it, it really was the first time the tour seemed like work, you know, because oh. of different protocols and things changed day to day. And, you know, sometimes hour to hour and like people were sick and you had to stay in your bubble and you didn't get to see your friend or, you know, like I never saw the really, the guys in newfound glory. I'd watch them on stage kind of, wow. you know, That's like crazy. out until like towards the end, it was. How are the crowds at those shows? fucking fantastic you would have never known you know they needed I, it i'm sure you're not almost in tears a couple of shows like you learned to i think for such a long time it became this is just gonna keep happening and then it didn't yeah. happen and i think right. you know learn to appreciate more of what we had you know or what we were allowed to have and so mm-hmm. when we toured this last year it was great like the old days as they say you know? <laughs> nice the positive things that came out of covid people be like what positive things well hygiene has upped its game quite <laughs> yep. a bit yeah the fact that people are now more respectful to a point some people are more respectful now of if you're sick slap a mask on or don't have to come to the party it's cool we don't want you here because you're gonna get it. <laughs> you always have like a percentage of society that's just jerks and they're going to be jerks i try not to think about those people and i try not to acknowledge them either because there's always people that just want to start shit to start shit because they have nothing better <laughs> to do with their miserable existence and it's very true yeah very true not how i choose to live my life and i'm time is the most valuable substance that there is because you can't replace it it's non-renewable once it's gone it's gone so who you choose to spend it with and how you choose to spend it is really kind of important especially the older you get with you having such a loyal and well-established fan base you know pretty consistent in album purchases that sort of thing have you noticed a big difference in the band camp spotify era of music have you guys had to change the way that you release music or tour i think it's the approach is a little different that's why we hired managers to be honest with you is to kind Mm -hmm. of figure out how to navigate through a modern industry right now where we used to get monies from album sales and now it spins on spotify and you have to get a hell of a lot more spins to make a dollar than you did selling cds and hard copies of your music and then like you know there's there's always something there's always somebody that's trying to steal from you trying to sell less than jake shirts online trying to you know what i mean there's like the secondary market you can't stop you know but like when there's actually people on like websites printing and selling less than jake shirts then that's when you have to just go trademark bitch you know and like (laughs) take it down and like it but it's just a lot of work part of life these days again the the pandemic had its pot the positives were we cleaned up a lot of mess in our backyard legally yeah. and yeah that kind of stuff so that's been you, positive you know i got one more touring question for you okay the songs so i love old less than jake i really really love new less than jake too the new album's great. I love Anthem. Like these albums behind me, I think are fantastic. 
from your fans, do you get a lot of play the old stuff? Does it get annoying or, you know, people yelling out, play all my friends are metalheads or stuff like that every show? No. no? I mean, they yell whatever they want. We've got these in-ear monitors now, so I can't hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying so they can yell, scream your head off, bro. Scream your head off. No, I mean, I, you sometimes you get that one drunk person that's just like, play Johnny Quest. And we'll be like, we already did. And like, <laughs> that's happened. Like, we did. And then there's been times that we'll just start playing it again, you know, like, it, you know, just the moment. We don't, we don't script out the set, but there's a set list. Chris comes up with the set list. Everybody adds their two cents to it during the day. And then that's it. We try to stick to the list because we're trying to put on a, show the thing is the different between then and now is now we have production cues you know things happen during the set like back then yeah. it's like hey whenever our dude wants to jump up with the et mask and start throwing pez out to people <laughs> do it you know it's a little different now because there's like all the cues that you have to go cues to keep a flow of a show you have to have these do you miss that do you miss not having those cues no i don't because then <laughs> it's not chaos yeah right yeah. And I think like part of evolution of any, what a live band is like, if it starts in chaos and it remains in chaos, well, then it won't last very long. So you have to kind of move it forward a little bit. And so we figured out ways to grow the band by making the band grow up of how we perform on stage and how we pay attention to things and how the set flows and when things happen and like, is this the point of the climax? Is this it? You know, and then, you know, we think about it and then we go, we videotape the first couple of sets of every tour and we, well, it's not videotape now. It's just phone, but <laughs> yeah. right. you know, and we, we watch, know what you we, we see yeah. how the light cues are and you see how the thing you want it to see how it looks. Cause I'm not watching. I'm playing. Yeah. I've always said, geez, I would love to see my band play someday. It would be awesome <laughs> to see what it's like. I guess you have to pay attention to it. You don't have to. It's everybody runs their band the way they run their band. We just choose to pay attention to that stuff because we're paying for it. So might as well. Yeah, might as well if you're paying for it. <laughs> Probably not, judging by our conversations. But do you ever think about the fact that you are in a band that really has paved the way for a lot of artists? Last year, we talked a lot about a band called The Interrupters mm -hmm. that I think pulls a lot from your style that style we didn't do no? shit for anybody we've always done what we've done and if we think bands are good we've taken them out on tour i think we've given people advice or tried to help people younger bands we want to see younger bands people that we like we want to see them succeed we don't like to see people get taken advantage of so we try to take out bands that we think deserve it because they work hard we try to take out bands that we like if they happen to turn into the interrupters that's cool but we didn't turn them into the interrupters they did that for themselves so i don't take any credit for anybody else's achievements except my one friend anthony who co-wrote Shallow, that song Shallow with Lady Gaga, and he won oh. the Oscar for yeah. all that. Yeah, he, he co-wrote that song with her. And I did for a time, because him and I have been friends since we were kids, like childhood, right? And you don't have, I have friends that have won awards, but never like a friend like that, like where we actually right. together. And I did for a time say to people, did you hear we won the Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take credit for other people's achievements. They earn those, not me. We'll let you go soon. I have a couple, I call them my pain in the ass questions. If one of them is, where did you get the name of the band from? This interview's over. Let, let me call. just cross it off really quick. No. That's the only <laughs> one. That's um, the one. If you can name one most influential artist or song or album or whatever for you, what Everything would that be? Everything Sucks by The Descendants. Oh. Today, tomorrow, change, but. Who knows tomorrow? Everything Sucks by the Descendants is one of those records I probably have listened to a thousand times, top to bottom. Never gets old. No, never, it's fantastic. Doesn't, never doesn't sound fresh. It always sounds great. Great songs, great songwriting, speaks to me, makes me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it's that one. Fantastic. That's a good answer. Thanks. Do you have a favorite Less Than Jake album? Hmm. Silver Linings. Oh. I really I really, I'm just really proud of that record. I'm proud of what we were able to, to do with it. I'm proud that you know, 30 years in, we we can put out music and people are still like, damn, those guys write some pretty good songs, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn right. We do. We're pretty hard <laughs> too. It's like you guys have been playing together for a long time or something. Yeah. It's almost like we've been a band for 30 years. <laughs> Come on down. doesn't matter what time you get to the party, as long as you get to the party. Right. Do you have a favorite sax part in a lesson Jake song that you play? That's a good question. Hmm. There's, there's so many songs. There's the part in Scott Farkas takes it on the chin. No, in Big Crash. There's a part in Big Crash where the horn breaks. It's like right before the, the outro is the part that goes on. Probably my favorite line to play live when we play that song. I always yeah, thought that, that's... that that line, like and I didn't write it. I was in the band. I was like, that's a good fucking line right there. So <laughs> probably that one. Do you have a favorite city that you like to play? They all have their moments. I probably, you know what? I always say like, oh, Tokyo. Or the... It's probably Boston. Because <laughs> every time we play in Boston proper, I went to college in Boston. And every time we play there, I fucking turn into a local yokel. And I jump on the tee and I go back to where I used to go get you know, breakfast when I was in college and I go back my old Berkeley and walk through the campus and I go check out record shops that I used to go to. So I'll say Boston. Can you fake a Boston accent? Nah, not really. No. <laughs> Sometimes if I get up North, I, I have a little bit more of like a Southern, like a New York accent. Cause I'm from Southern Connecticut. So, I mean, I, I guess it just depends. It's the, the H replacement where you replace a R with an A-H. So instead of car, it's ka. Ah. ka you know. <laughs> That's all the questions we have for you, JR. Um, questions. And then May, June, you will be touring in Europe. Yes. all the We have a bunch of dates, festival dates that we've announced already. And we have some club dates we'll be announcing. And then there'll be a U.S. tour in the summer that we'll be announcing soon-ish. Awesome. All Fabulous. fun stuff. JR, we really, really appreciate you coming, talking to us. This has been really fantastic. Well, awesome. Thank you, guys. And right on the right time frame, too, because I have a meeting with my managers and they're going to get it today, boy. <laughs> Good. No, not really. No. <laughs> well, thank appreciate you guys it. so much. You okay? Yeah. Next time, shut up and let me talk a little bit. It wasn't that bad. Do I edit this out or do I leave it in? I think I leave it in. No. It's a good thing to be emotional, right? No, that was good. That I mean, it's very obvious why they are have such a good following and have such a positive vibe if they're all like yeah. that. So down to earth. So, so nice. Cool. How you doing, Rach? Good. I kept it together so good. Well, you did. <laughs> you didn't say anything, but you did. But you did, but you did keep it together. <laughs> you did. You. I mean, you looked pretty calm. You said there were no tells. See, there we go. <laughs> See, here's the problem, though, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Is that we go through something like that, and I feel like the interviewee is probably like, "Why is this asshole not letting her say fucking anything?" <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> Next time we can like set the questions and then you ask one, I ask one, you ask yeah. one sort of back and forth sort of it's thing. It's just hard because you see how it like it kind of has to be organic. Like you have to let it, you know, yeah. speaking of those live shows, bleep, bleep, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just talked to JR. That was fantastic. <laughs> what a cool fucking guy. What a cool fucking band. Rachel, do you still like them? There's that whole like never meet your heroes thing. But uh, he was so chill for a... Uh, Somebody as impressive as he is, as talented as he is, that's been around for as long as he has been. He was so nice and so respectful of all of our questions. And I'm glad we didn't ask him where the name Less Than Jake comes from. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so weird to, to talk to somebody that you forget mid-conversation how long they've been around and how influential they actually are. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like that at all mm -mm. and even even when you ask him about those groups like we ask him about he's like no 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 well like well yeah but and i think that you can in that position just think like this is just what's happening in music it's not necessarily it's not me it's not us this is just how music is going 
when it's like, no, music is going this direction because of you. Yeah. You have influenced all these people. And it's not to say like the interrupters owe their career to less than Jake because they don't at all. But you can't help but notice the imprint that they have made, I guess. Yeah. That was very, very cool. Less Than Jake. Go to lessthanjake.com. You can find all their shows coming up. Like I said, they've got a European tour. They have a couple festivals they're playing, I think, in like Belgium and and that sort of thing. Uh, You can buy shirts from their website, which apparently... Be careful, everybody. Do you think he was making a jab at your shirt? No, because I looked it up because I was like, uh, it se- it Ooh. seemed like he was jabbing at my it shirt. It kind of did. And then I went on their website and it is on their okay. website. Thank God. So, <laughs> Yeah, they're on Instagram. They have cool posts where they do like this week and less than Jake. And they do like a quick right. little, this is what this guy's doing. And this is what this guy's doing. Their whole discography is great. Mm-hmm. I would recommend Hello Rockview and See the Light. Those would be the two. If you're Rachel, Hello Rockview and... B is for B-sides. B is for B-sides. That's a fun one. Rachel, one interview down this year, one to go. Are you relieved? Yes. Hell yeah. Silver Linings is their newest album. Go check it out. It's really fucking good. And yeah, that is. is Less Than Jake, everybody. Ooh. Join us next week. Our thanks again to Less Than Jake and JR, two fans. You have uh, made even bigger fans. You have turned one of them into a bumbling, crying mess. <laughs> yeah, you pussy. <laughs> good night and good luck.